0: You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Good morning. That was pretty good.
1: Y'all were a little bit louder than the last service. Um, If we haven't met, my name's Chris. I'm our Connections Pastor here at SCC. I'm so glad to get to uh, spend this time with you today. Um, one little bit of housekeeping before we get going. Um, did everyone get a stone when you came in today? Okay. If anybody didn't, could you just raise your hands? Our, our greeters and ushers will help you out and they'll make sure you get one. It's going to be really important as the, uh, the message uh, uh, continues. So um, I just kind of want to start today with a question. So who in here has had a bad day before? All right, you can put your hands down. So here's the thing. I like to communicate to and from. So y'all don't have to raise your hands. You can say something. You can wake up a little bit. Um, so who in here has had a, had, had a bad day before? Okay. So much better. We're going to have so much more fun now that you know the rules. Okay. So um, now I mean a real bad day though, right? Like a real bad day, like not a bad day where you were like, oh, I just wish I'd have stayed in bed. I'm talking about a bad day that you wish you had never been born. Ever had one of those? It was that bad. So, um, <laughs> hopefully it's not today. Um, so, but, so, here's the thing. Um, we live in a world where it's like bad news everywhere you look, right? Everywhere you look, you turn on the radio, you turn on the TV, it's bad news, right? So, um, here, here's kind of some, some ideas of what bad news would be like. Now, let's say that it's your birthday and you have all your friends and family meet you at O'Charlie's for dinner, right? And I'm only telling you the story because it happened recently uh, to, to Katie, uh, who is on staff here at SEC. So, she, you know, you go there with the, the sole purpose of getting a slice of your favorite caramel pie afterward right then you get all your family there and you're ready for it and guess what is the only pie they are out of caramel pie that's bad news but then there's other news that is way worse than that, right? Um, like a, the, the refugee crisis and all these kids with no homes. You know, you hear that stuff, it's on the news, and, and it's heartbreaking. And then you hear other news uh, uh, of, like, these natural disasters and financial collapses and that kind of thing. And then the Backstreet Boys are back. There is so much bad news in the world today. What? There's so much bad news in the world today that, that we need some good news. Would you agree with that? There's never been a time like right now where we need good news more, amen? And so that's why I'm excited to kind of get to kick off today's series. Um, I'm excited to get to kick off today's series because if there's ever been a time where we needed good news, that time is now. Now, here's why I'm so excited. Do you guys know what happens in two weeks? Easter. Twelve of y'all know that two weeks is Easter. We've been having some Easter Bunny videos and everything, and you just, Easter. Okay. All right, I got you. I'll, I'll, work, on, I'll work with you on that. But, but in two weeks, we're having my favorite holiday, and here's something that's cool. Um, did you know that in the Bible, Jesus never once said, celebrate my birthday? Never once did he say that every year we should get together and have, have, have beautiful uh, uh, Christmas trees and presents and open up all these things, which don't get me wrong, I love getting gifts, okay? But Jesus never said, celebrate my birthday. But our faith exists because we celebrate his death and resurrection day. We, we, we're here today because of Easter, have you ever thought about that? Easter is so much more than chocolate bunnies and chocolate crosses, which I didn't know those were a thing until a couple years ago. And now that I do, I have a friend that gets me one every Easter. Okay, so I get a little chocolate cross. It is delicious. Salvation tastes great. But um, here's the thing. So, uh, we, you know, you get all these things. and, and, and Jesus said, even, even speaking about communion, he said, Do this in remembrance of me, my blood that was shed, my body that was broken. So, so we're going to, you know, in two weeks, we're going to celebrate Easter like never before. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Easter is my favorite holiday because like today's title, Easter is the day that Jesus changed everything. Okay, he literally split time down the middle. No one else has ever done that. B.C. and A.D., nobody's ever done that. Our calendar looks the way it does. Our year looks the way it does because of what Jesus did. Jesus changed everything. So um, we, we are told to, to remember Easter, so let's dig in to how Jesus changes everything. And I'm gonna start today with Luke 4, 18 and 19, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Um, but this happens after Jesus has been tempted by the devil in the wilderness, okay, or Satan uh, in the wilderness, and then he goes to Nazareth to preach. Okay, So this is him kind of quoting uh, the prophet Isaiah in his message. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to recover sight of the blind, to release the oppressed, and proclaim the year of our Lord's favor. Now, that is an exciting passage. Amen? Amen. Y'all are way better at the amens than last service. so... You know, But anyway, so um, this passage described what Jesus was doing and what he is still doing today, but here's the crazy thing. The people in Nazareth, they heard him say this, and, and in the moment he had them, right? It's kind of like when you hear an awesome message at church, but then you go back out, and then maybe something happens, and it's like the message never happened or what you learned never happened, or, or what God impressed on your heart, but that's what happened with these guys, so don't feel bad, okay? You're in good company, it happens with me, but what happens is, as soon as it's over, they're standing around and they're like, okay, this is the new country version, okay? So they're kinda sitting around, and they're like, ain't that Jesus boy, or ain't that Jesus boy, don't he belong to Joseph and Mary? Ain't that the kid that used to steal all the apple pie before we all got the tripees Or the caramel pie, in this case? So that's basically what they're saying. So it's not necessarily that they're slamming them, but they're familiar with them. And sometimes familiarity is the worst thing in our faith. We get so used to hearing about Easter and Christmas that it stops being so important. But here's the thing. Uh, The crazy thing about that is, and this is not in my notes, and I didn't say it last service, but it's kind of like, imagine you were standing face to face with the Mona Lisa. You don't really see the beauty, right? You can't see the beauty when you're so close to something. Sometimes it's good for us to take a step back to really view the big picture and see what's in front of us. And that's what we're doing today when we're talking about Jesus changing everything. So, uh, number one, I kind of want to start out with this. And I think it's the first thing we have to understand is this. Jesus came to give hope to the hopeless. Jesus came to give hope to the hopeless. In a world filled with bad news, a lot of times we can feel Hopeless. Like this isn't going to work for me it's not working for my company or my family or whatever the case, my school um, but here's what it says first Timothy two four God desires who all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth now here's, what's, here, here's the thing maybe you have a friend that you've that, that kind of picks at you for coming to church and and look we all got friends like that right um, but but maybe it's it's the question that keeps coming up that how could a god that loves people send people to hell well this verse right here kind of clears a little bit of that up god desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth now have you ever wanted something but you didn't get it right okay if you're a parent have you ever wanted your kid to do something and they didn't do it that's what this is. God wants us to learn about him. He wants us to be saved, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're all going to make that decision. And it's a sad thing, but it's a very true thing. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and loaded down with burdens, and I will give you what? Did he say, I will give you more work to do? No, because he probably will. But in this particular passage, he said, I will give you rest. Now, The Greek word. All right, I'm gonna throw some Greek on you. I don't do this very often, Um, but but the Greek word for rest is anopaso. Okay, Uh, if you were to translate that into Spanish today, uh, it would be like a siesta, right? It's a break. You all, don't don't everybody like a break? Okay, let me help you out. Who's ever had a work day that was just rough and you were just praying for lunch break, right? Well, I see somebody's hands went up before I got it said. (laughs) Listen, we've all had those days where we just, oh God, let 12 o'clock or what time, whatever time it is. Of course, now as a pastor, I never have those days myself. Oh, yeah, that's a lie. Listen, everybody has those days, okay, where we just want, but what what Jesus is saying here is he he's physically speaking to your work life, your your work, and that translates to your home life, your school life, wherever, wherever your life is, and you feel like you just need that break, Jesus has come to me and I will give you rest. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I find that a lot of times the reason we can't find rest is because we have no hope. That that little bit of rest, that little bit of lunch break gives you hope to make it through your worst days. But a lot of times we don't have that. A lot of times uh, for, for, for many in the world, they don't have that hope that things are going to be better, that things can get better, but Jesus came to give hope to the hopeless, and I want to challenge you to do the same for somebody else. As a matter of fact, in your program, you got these cool little cards. um, It says, come check us out. You see that? That's funny, y'all. Come check us out. Look, it's hipster chick. Get it? Get it? Okay, anyway, it's a scarf on a chicken. Come on, y'all. So, um, I want to encourage you to, and and you can check this on your connection card, I want to encourage you to take that next step and give hope to somebody by bringing them to one of our Easter services. And as a matter of fact, there's even another card in your program that gives you kind of some some fun ideas of how to do this. So it doesn't have to be a 30-minute conversation that you're probably scared to have. It's as simple as handing them a silly card that gets their attention and gives them an opportunity, right? Okay. And I do want to mention, just kind of look around. I want, you, I want you guys to kind of look around the room real quick. Now, imagine that every family and every, every single person that's here, you look around. Now, imagine that you brought somebody with you, the same amount of people that you brought with you today, but you brought another family that size. Where would we put them if you just kind of look around? And I know it's spring break weekend, so, you know, a lot of people are out. But listen, seriously, just you guys, if we were to double you guys today, we would not have a seat for you. So I want to encourage you, look, if you come to one of our more attended services, like the 9 or the 1030, I just want to encourage you, consider taking advantage of the Easter egg hunts on the the Friday night at 7 p.m. and the Saturday night at 7 p.m. service. Um, I'm not saying you have to, but I just want to encourage you, um, especially if you're going to bring a big crowd, it could be a great opportunity. Their kids could have a lot of fun with the Easter egg hunts. I want to encourage you to maybe do one of those uh, two services. Now, you guys are in for a treat today. This is something that we don't do a whole lot, but you guys are in for a treat. About two years and four months ago, I started working with a preaching intern when I was volunteering in our student ministry, and she took to the uh, the preaching aspect faster than any student that I've ever had before her, and I've had like five or six, and she and, and they were all great, but she just took to it so fast and was so good and so passionate. And you guys have seen her out here during MC time giving announcements. Uh, but she'll be graduating in a few months and moving to West Georgia, so we're gonna miss her. So just to make sure she gets all of the uh, the excitement, can you guys give a huge, huge welcome to Miss Stacia Keller as she comes
2: out? Hey guys, like Chris said my name is Stacia and I'm really super excited to be here today and get to um, share with you my heart and and just get to continue this message. So like Chris said I'm a senior, I go to Union Grove High School and in the fall I'll be attending the University of West Georgia in Carrollton and I'm so excited to have this opportunity. I've been getting to give messages in the youth group for about eight two years now, and worked up to full-time messages and stuff, and Chris decided he was going to give me this opp- awesome opportunity to um, be a part of this message, and this is something that I um, love, and I'm so excited to get to tell you about um, the second point today, about how Jesus changes things, and the second point is that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, and I, I jump right into the first verse under that, which is Ephesians 2.19, and it says, You are no longer called outcasts and wanderers, but citizens with God's people, members of God's holy family, and residents of his household. The first thing I want you to do, I want you to underline no longer called outcasts when I read this, I think in my high school teenage girl brain, and I think, wow, there was that movie when I was little. And some of you guys may be stuck in the Molly Ringwald days and might not get this joke in this reference, but there's this movie called High School Musical, and I um, reference it often with my friends. Um, And they're sitting in the cafeteria, and they're dancing on tables and, you know, being loud, obnoxious teenagers, and they're singing about stick to the status quo, and they're singing, you know, fit with what society says you need to do. Um, hang out with the right people, dress the right way, do the right thing. And if you don't do that, if you don't do what society thinks that you should do, then you're an outcast. We don't appreciate you. We don't want you to to be a part of us. But Jesus is not um, those characters from that movie. Jesus is not like that. Jesus says, whoever you are, whatever you are, I accept you and I call you my own. You're not an outcast. You're not wandering. You're mine and you're precious. And then I want you to underline God's holy family and um, my family, my entire extended family lives on the other side of the country. They all live in California, so when I moved here when I was about five or six, um, we got plugged into this church pretty quickly after we moved here, and I got to just build my own family here. I adopted moms and dads and brothers and sisters, and I got to build this own family out of this church, and especially when I got to around sixth or seventh grade. I got to get plugged in with our youth group that meets on Sunday nights, 155. We meet from six to eight on Sunday nights. And if you are a student or you have a student, I encourage you to come and check us out one Sunday night because you won't leave feeling like an outcast or feeling unwanted or unworthy. You'll leave feeling loved and encouraged and blessed. And I got to get plugged in there, and I got to be poured into by a lot of people that were older than me, students and volunteers. And now that I'm in the older age of the group, I get to pour into other students, but I still have those mentors that are there for me. And SEC has just become this family for me. And there's this one um, girl that poured into me when I was in middle school, and um, I learned from her that at the beginning of my prayer, I say, hey, Daddy. That's how I start. That's how I get um, talking, and that's how I begin, and that brings me to just a personal connection with God. That reminds me that He's my Father, that I am a daughter of Christ, and that I have that wholeness that I get to be a part of. We're going to jump into the second verse, which is Psalm 34, 17 through 18, and it says, "...the Lord hears His people when they call to Him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles." The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. When I read this, and I read the verses that surround it, I think about David, when he wrote this, was in a really hard place in his life. We've all been broken and in a hard place before, whether it's um, physically we've been broken, or whether it's emotionally or spiritually or financially. However we've been broken, we've all been there before, and David wrote this and found comfort in the fact that God was close to him and that he was rescuing him. And I think about in the Bible, there's a time where there was a woman, she was suffering from a disease that had been a part of her for many years, and she saw Jesus and she reached out and just touched the back of his cloak, and she was healed because she knew that if she was just close to Jesus, she would be healed. And in this verse, it talks about how we all go through troubles, and Jesus rescues us over and over and over again. And in Psalm 147 3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So, by calling us His children and by rescuing us and making us new again, God is healing us. All of those things that He does for us, He's healing us through that. And A lot of people worry, you know, they think, you know, I'm not perfect, I don't have it all together, but God already knows that. Like, Adam and Eve messed that up for us a long time ago. God knows that we're not perfect and that we don't have it all together, and he's going to work with us despite that brokenness. He wants to make us beautiful and whole despite our mess. And a few years ago, I got a gift from a friend, a Christmas present, and it's going to pop up on the screen behind me. It's this artwork that she made for me, this crayon art, and it says, God takes the most broken things to create the most beautiful picture. And what this friend of mine didn't know when she gave this to me is that I was really struggling with who I was and who I wanted to be and who I wanted to surround myself with, where I wanted to fit in, and this picture has been hanging on my wall for two three years now and every day I get to wake up and have this reminder that I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to have all my pieces together I just have to be willing to let God make something out of me the way I am and I've been in this AP literature class this year and so I've been over analyzing everything that I read and hear and one of the things that we've talked about a few times is the symbol of baptism in literature we've talked about how it's kind of a source of (laughs) renewal and a a kind of cleansing for the character when they get baptized by this water source. And we have the same thing as Christians. It means the same thing for us, but it's also about a kind of new life and a healing and change for us. And so in a few weeks, we're going to have this recommitment baptism Sunday. It's on April 30th in all of our services where you, you'll have the chance to maybe it'll be your first time being baptized. Maybe it will have been your second or third time, but maybe you've been broken and you, this symbol, this baptism, is a, a symbol of being renewed and healed and whole despite how the world views us as broken. And on the back of your connection card that was in your Um, bulletin when you walked in. And one of the next steps is baptism on April 30th in all three of our services. And actually today in the 12 o'clock service, we have a few people getting baptized and they're going to do that thing. They're going to get in the pool and they're going to show people that they are renewed and that they are healed. And today, um, I just want to encourage you to take that next step. There's going to be a ton of people. Pastor Jeff is going to be in the pool that day and he's going to be a part of that. And I just want to encourage you guys to remember that you don't have to have it all together. You just have to be willing to let God change you because that's what he wants to do. And so, Pastor Chris is going to head back out and finish up our message for us.
1: Oh, y'all can do better than that. That was great. Yeah. Amen. Nobody ever clapped for me like that. This is- Oh, this thing's on. Hey, that um, wasn't just so good, though, for real? I mean, she, she's so gifted. God has such a calling on her life, and I'm excited to see uh, what happens next um, for Stacia. So number three, I'm just going to kind of move right along. Number three, and this is a big deal. Um, this is why we have church. It's why we celebrate Easter. Jesus came to purchase your freedom. Jesus came to purchase your freedom. Now, I want you to think. I want you to think for a moment. Think back. What's the biggest purchase you've ever made in your life? Maybe it's your house, right? Maybe your car. Maybe your kids. I mean, something could be, you know, just think about your biggest purchase, right? Uh, now, some, for some of us, maybe our biggest purchase was actually a bad financial decision. Ever had that happen? Okay, um, some some of us might live in our bad financial decis- decision. Uh, some of y'all might have drove driven your bad financial decision to church today. I know I did. Yeah, wish, wish I'd heard of Dave Ramsey like four years sooner. Um, uh, some of y'all might be sitting beside your bad. No, no, no. I'm just I'm just kidding. Nobody is sitting next. But you think about that. Now I want you to kind of think about this: is that on Easter, we celebrate the greatest purchase ever made. It is the one, purpo- the one purchase that defines who we are as believers in Christ. It's the one difference in our lives. As a matter of fact, us accepting that purchase, us asking Jesus into our life, is the only decision in our life that will matter 100 years from now. You think about that. We make decisions every day. That's the only one that will matter. John 8, 34 and 36 says this, Jesus said, everyone who sins is a slave of sin, but if the Son sets you free, read this last bit with me, you will be free indeed. Now this next verse, I'm going to move a little quick here, this next verse really ties it together for us, um, and and it does kind of get a little dark. Uh, Romans 6, 23, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of our God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's powerful. Okay, so I'm going to kind of explain this one a little bit. You see, when you go to work, uh, if you you have a job or have had a job, or one day hopefully will have a job, um, when you go to work, you expect that your boss is going to pay you, right? As a matter of fact, your boss is obligated to pay you For going to work now you think about it this way that's that's what we call a wage okay a wage is an obligation to pay a debt that debt being your hours that you work so you think about this the wages of sin which all of us have had in our life the wages of sin is death that's pretty dark and pretty cold sounding but here's the thing um, um, the wages of sin might be death. That's a wage that we have to pay, okay? But 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 we are no longer obligated. If, if Jesus lives in your heart, okay, it doesn't mean you don't still have sin in your life. Uh, it, it means maybe you're not being as intentional <laughs> about sinning, but, but it doesn't mean that you're living a perfect life. What it means is that if Jesus lives in you, you are no, no longer obligated to pay that debt. Now think about the biggest debt in your life right now. House note, car note, student loans, whatever it might be. You imagine that you just get a phone call as soon as you leave church today and all of that has been paid. You can make some noise, right? You're going to celebrate. Now what's crazy is I just spent about 10, 15, you know, or not, not 10, 15 minutes, but I just spent about two or three minutes explaining that we don't no longer have to pay the penalty of death and hell and the grave and nobody made a sound. Now I'm not being mean, but there's something to be excited about, right church? Yeah. A debt that's far bigger than your house note has been paid for you. It's been paid for me. And that's what we're gonna do in two weeks. That's something to get excited about. We're gonna celebrate like nobody's business because Easter's a big deal. Matter of fact, if you're a Christian, Easter is your Super Bowl. That's how big of a deal it is, okay? Jesus has freed us from that obligation. As a matter of fact, every time I touch that rock, it makes a noise, and it's driving me crazy up here. Um, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, elaborates a little bit more. It clears some of this up for us, and this is what it says. God paid a ransom to save you from the impossible road to heaven which your fathers tried to take, and the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver, as you very well know, but he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Amen? Amen. That's powerful. That's so powerful. Here's, here's the thing, and, and I'm just going to say this, because for somebody in here, this might sting a little bit. Maybe you're watching it at home online. This might sting a little bit. But here's the thing. If you have not made the decision to ask Christ into your heart, you're still on the BC part of your life's timeline. God hasn't changed you, Jesus hasn't changed everything. That doesn't mean that you're lost forever. As a matter of fact, today, today you can take, you can make your decision. Okay, I'd be the worst preacher in the world if I didn't give you the opportunity to make that decision to have Jesus come into your life today and change everything. So I don't know what you're dealing with today, I have no idea, but I can tell you this, there's something in your life that's holding you back from a walk with Christ. Today, Jesus can change everything. You know, you probably won't get a phone call saying that your house note's been paid when you leave, but you can walk out of here on the AD side. Amen. So here's what I want to do. There's a prayer in your program, and I want to offer you the opportunity to pray that along with me. I'm going to pray kind of uh, my own version of it, but but if you want to pray along with me or pray along with that, if that's the decision that you want to make, which is the most important decision you will ever make, if that's the decision you want to ask Jesus to come into your life today and save you, you can do that. And this is all I would ask. All I would ask is that you turn over your connection card afterward and check the box that said, I am praying the prayer to become a Christ follower today. Okay, so let's pray. Father, thank you for for dying for my sins. I ask you to come into my life and change me. I know that having you in my life changes everything and I just thank you for dying for my sins and coming back to life, Lord. I believe that what we're gonna celebrate in two weeks at Easter is the greatest thing that's ever happened in history, God, and I thank you for dying for my sins. I thank you for loving me before I even knew what love was. I know I haven't lived a perfect life, God, but I wanna, I wanna live the rest of it walking with you to the best of my ability. In Jesus' name, amen. When you came in today, uh, when you came in today, you received a uh, stone this one here. Now, I want you to kind of take that out. Now, we did this a couple years ago, and we saw some of the biggest miracles. We saw families reunited after, after over a decade of not. We saw a dad reunited with his daughter and his grandchild. Okay, we saw some amazing things happen. You know, on Easter, when Jesus changed everything, there was a stone now, obviously much larger than this, but there was a stone that sealed him in his tomb. And we know about what happened because the stone was rolled away, okay? And then Jesus would go on to fulfill the prophecies and become the cornerstone of our faith who'd hold it all together, the one, the one rock that held everything together. I want to tell you, I want you to think, maybe it's something in your life right now that you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough, you need God to do something, you need him to speak to your heart, you need him to change something in your life, change something in your mind, change something in your marriage, whatever it is. If you have a miracle that you need, I want you to think about, think about that when you bring the stone forward in a moment. I'm going to ask you to do with our first service. You can see they're up here on the stage or across the steps. But maybe, maybe your life's going pretty good and you're excited about what's happening in your faith, and today you're thinking about somebody that you care deeply for. Maybe it's a mom, a grandparent, a cousin, sibling, coworker. Maybe it's your kid. And you're thinking, you know, God, I, I, I want them to come to know you. I, I want them to feel what I feel and believe and, and, and see the change that can happen when somebody gives their heart to Jesus. Maybe. When you bring the rock forward, that's the thing you need to be thinking about. Whatever your miracle is, it could even be as simple as saying, hey, I want so-and-so to come with me to Easter service. I want so-and-so to come with me next week. Whatever it is, I want you to think about that when you're bringing the stone forward. Now, these are going to make a lot more sense in the next coming weeks. I'm just asking you to trust me in faith, okay? But would you guys stand with me? We believe that Jesus still makes miracles happen, amen? So as we start worshiping, I'm just going to ask you to go ahead and come forward and put your place your stones on the, uh, the steps.
0: Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net, And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.